Living Holistically Well with Dr. Annette West. Again, we will have a myriad of topics, interviews, and engaging words of thought to share with you this season. The purpose of this show is to help us build up our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And I just want to give a shout out to Creative Common for allowing the show the use of their jazz instrumental, Smooth Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. We are excited today to interview Anne Lindholm. She is the author of the book, Love to Reconcile, the Heart of the Father. It's great to have her on the show today. And so let me say to her, welcome, Anne. Thank you so much, Dr. West. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Love to Reconcile, the Heart of the Father. That's a great title. But before we get into your book, I would like for you to just share a bit about you and how you got into the writing process so the listeners can get a, a feel for who you are. Sure. So I feel like I've always been a writer. I've journaled and have just written really from when I was even in elementary school. I remember a group of my friends and I attempted to write a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it never panned out. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But I've always been a strong writer um, throughout my school years. And then um, I began writing for the Cypress Times out of Houston, Texas. Uh, I believe, I don't even remember what year that was now. So much has happened in between. But um, I'm, a, I'm a homeschool, stay-at-home mom uh, of four children. Our oldest is married. She's a nurse to a firefighter and paramedic. And... Um, married to a U.S. Army Ranger, and so we've just had a lot of life experiences. Um, My personal walk with the Lord just really catapulted my writing and my journaling, and as we were talking earlier before we went on the air, I attempted to write a book, but it was just more me than it was the Lord, and so it never really, it, it never really came to fruition. I still have the manuscript. I never finished it, but, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a difference when you're forced to write and when the Lord gives you a message from the heart and it just flows. And, and that's where I prefer to write from. So I that's hope that good. answers your question. That's good. Now, um, I, in the beginning of your book, I saw something that really, really hit me. And I, I, I love it when I see this. You um, shared in your book that you and your husband 
have pastored a small house church for more than seven years. That's marvelous. Oh, 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 hold on, that, that, that's not me. That's the uh, that's Jennifer Smallwood. Okay, that's okay, that's Jennifer. And you're just sharing about Jennifer and, and how she helped you on your journey. Yes. Okay, yes. okay. So you're not pastoring. <laughs> no, I am in ministry. I okay. have I, I walked and worked in the inner healing and deliverance ministry because gotcha. of her. Um, okay. I, I received my training and certification through Jennifer Smallwood. Um, and, and that's how I entered into ministry. Um, yeah. Okay, I like that. Well, you know, we we should all be learn, be willing to learn more so that we can do more. <laughs> I, I definitely need to learn a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when we get to the point that we know it all, we're not here any longer. It's time for us to go because there's no purpose. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> always more. I've got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell tell us about why this book resonates so well with you that you just had to share it with us. Oh, wow. There's a long and a short answer. The the (laughs) long one (laughs) is, you know, you mentioned my husband. Um, He he was a U.S. Army Ranger. Uh, He's been in the military since 2004. He contracted for four years after that. For a majority of our marriage, he's been overseas, um, and I've been raising our four children. Um, he was in special operations. He was in the the very pit of, of hell. He was in the midst of the worst of battles. Um, to say the least, our marriage um, very often suffered and um, struggled. Uh he came home from the Middle East. Uh, it was supposed to be on a block leave um, from a contracting job. And he and I both knew that um, he didn't need to go back because, uh, and, and really the story of how he came out of there is miraculous. Um, they had locked the base down. There was just some threats that were coming in and they locked the base down. Wasn't supposed to leave. He had already purchased this ticket. And he, he had um, one of his interpreters who got him to the airport. He had to hide in the car. I mean, it was just crazy. Wow. And, uh, Sounds like a movie. At the, the base airport, I mean, mortars, they're being attacked by mortars. I mean, it is. it was bad. He makes it home, and we both knew um, it was time for him to be home and not go back. Mm-hmm. Um, all that being said, he didn't have a job lined up. And so the next couple of years were just a major struggle for us, and it really tested our marriage. And I got to a place where, you know, I was praying to the Lord about my husband um, and and was praying to the Lord, you know, trying to help my father see how he could fix my husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and I very vividly remember I kneeling down in my bedroom um, the hot rays just beating on my back and I'm sitting here praying for my husband and the Lord just shook me to my core and this really was the foundation of this book for me looking back um, I realize now that you know he said to me who do you think you are telling me how to fix my son and mm. it was those words my son that mm. began to transition my heart wow. and I realized that here I am 
looking at my husband as my enemy, oh. yet he is my father's son. He is the mm. son of the king, you That's know, good. a son of the king. And and that began to shift in me. And then I just felt the Lord telling me, here's how I want you praying for my son. You know, and that's what I kept hearing. Instead of your husband or whatever, it was my son, my son. He was he was laying the foundation of how I needed to view my husband and everyone else. And so that just really shifted my prayer life for him. And then it began to transition my prayer life and how I started seeing people around me. And then I met Jennifer Smallwood and uh, went through her inner healing and deliverance courses and then went through her internship. And it was, that's really just learning that the heart of the father, he truly desires that everyone be reconciled to him. And he truly desires that we be reconciled with one another. And once I got a hold of that, I began to realize, you know, I've been looking at people wrongly. And I, I really had to deal with some pride and arrogance that I, didn't really know existed Mm. and once I was able to admit that and repent of that and continue to repent of that it changes my perspective you know when I see other people and so I began I I, I just began reading and studying scripture and um and just coming through and and I share all the scriptures that that brought that are in this book is what brought this book because you know because as I'm studying those scriptures, I'm really beginning to see the importance of forgiveness and reconciliation on so many aspects. And so that's how I just began writing from what I was reading from the heart of the Father. And um, as I was writing, or as I was doing this study, I began reaching out to people, family members and friends, and just repenting and apologizing and seeking forgiveness. And in particular, there was... um, some family members I reached out to that I I had repented of some things that I had said and, and ways that I had handled some things. And I had had this major uh, ache and pain in my neck and down my shoulder. Um, it was almost debilitating. It was, um, I could I didn't have full range of motion in my neck. Um, and as I'm communicating with them and as I apologize to them, um, all of a sudden I noticed that I, I was completely free. My neck and my shoulder was completely free of, you know, I could move and there was no more pain. And it was, to me, instantly, I knew, I knew exactly what had happened. And it was that unforgiveness and that unrepentance that was physically ailing my body. Mm. And so, um, and anyway, so through all of that, that's how this, I just started writing from the heart of the father that I was getting from his, from his scriptures and, and from my personal encounters. Amen. That's, that's good. And I like how you, in your book, you know, you talk about the Israelites and we are, we can be likened to the Israelites because we're not always obedient. We don't always do things the way that we're supposed to, but but the father's love is so great that he keeps giving us opportunities to get it right. Absolutely. And I am <laughs> hands down one of the most stubborn. <laughs> I mean, from my childhood, I, I mean, I am a stubborn, hard headed, have to learn for myself kind of person. And so I absolutely relate to the story of the Israelites and thank God for his grace and his mercy. 
Amen. And you know, sin is sin is rampant. Sin is sin is everywhere. But even in the midst of our sins, if we really, and this is what I, I gleaned from what you were talking about in, in in some areas in your book, even with the things that we have done wrong, we have to always remember that God loves us. That's right. And it you know, it's unfortunate because there are so many people, unbelievers and believers alike that don't truly understand the testimony of the cross. They don't understand the reality of the cross. And they get caught in this trap and believing the lies of the enemy that what they've done is too horrible. There's no way that God would forgive them. And that's just not true. And and I feel in many ways not to, I, I don't want to put down the church but at the same time, we do need to hold the church accountable. And I feel like this is an area where we could do a better job. There are so many even Christians that are walking in a defeated manner. Mm. They don't understand that their sin was taken care of at the cross. And so they continue to walk in shame and in guilt. And, and that holds them back. And not only that, but that, that presents a barrier between them and the Father. And I've had so many ladies come to me and say, I just don't hear from God like I used to. Mm. And, and the, the root of that is there has been some sin issue that has come in. And, and they carry guilt and shame, not believing what the Father says is true that that sin is covered and paid for, and they carry that guilt and shame, and that creates a barrier between them and the Father, and it also creates uh, roots of bitterness, mm. and, and you know, and it, and so it's, and they're wondering why they can't hear from the Father like they used to, and a lot of it comes down to understanding the reality of redemption, that he, his blood paid for it. If there is no sin that's too big or too much for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And and I think that um, having resources available that people can easily process through and see that, and especially in your book, you share the scriptures, you share the meat of God's word so that there's no mistaking what the father wants for his children or how the father will respond to his children. And I think that's great because we all need reminders. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, and that's one of the reasons why the story of David just resonates with me so much. You know, here we have a man with the title, a man after God's own heart. You know, he, this is a man that from his youth, from his childhood, he carried more faith and more boldness than the men in the military did. You know, he, here's, here's a boy that had, he was full of so much faith. He had such a heart after the Father. He knew and understood the importance of worship, you know. And, and here he is. He fell into sin, you know, in and, and what we consider to be big sin. I think mainly because it's, you know, it's out there, it's exposed, and it's, it's just, it seems bigger, the sin of adultery and then the sin of murder. And how could a man, after God's own heart, fall into such sin. Mm. But yet we see the beautiful redemption story when Nathan the prophet comes to him and calls him out like a brother should. Yes, yes. Great example. You know, and he exposes it in such a loving way that Nathan doesn't even say, 
hey, you're wrong. What he does is present the story in such a way that David says, I'm that man. He just, you know, Nathan says, you're that man. You know, David responds because he wants to, he wants to judge this person, this man in the story. But Nathan says, you're that man. And immediately, mm-hmm. immediately, I believe reconciliation took place in his heart because he immediately, his heart was grieved and he, and he repented. And, and, I, and, and Nathan delivers a message from the Lord that your sin will be remembered no more. That's powerful. Adultery and murder, your sin will be remembered no more. If David, a man after God's own heart, fell and, and sinned so greatly that yet we see the heart of the Father was that he was forgiven and his sin was remembered no more, then surely we can see and believe that that same thing is available for us. Amen. Amen. That is good. We're going to take a quick break. So in your book, Anne, you talk about the prodigal return, how the father saw him and felt compassion. Share with us the flow and perspective on the prodigal return. Oh, man, here's another one I relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, bless the Lord for his, for his, uh, just the examples that are in the scriptures, because I relate to so many of them. Um, this is a beautiful story, you know, of a father and two sons. Uh, they're obviously wealthy and, and we have, uh, you know, one of the sons is, is ready to receive his inheritance uh, you know, the father, you can kind of glean from the story that probably the father tried to give him wisdom and say, no, not yet. Um, but it, he insisted. And, and I, you know, this father seems so wise because he realizes that at this point, his son is going to have to start learning on his own. Um, and so the father gives him his inheritance. He goes out and, I mean, just absolutely plunders all of his inheritance. He's partying. He's uh, hanging out with not-so-great women, um, you know, just living it up and, and just blows through his inheritance and ends up with nothing. And he ends up, you know, it's basically working as a slave for a, a rancher and he's and he's feeding the pigs and he's so hungry that he's he's like even the pig slop, you know, <laughs> looks good. And um and but while he's while he's at this state, he reaches the bottom. He 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 reaches the point of what many would believe is no return. And and I believe that this son probably in his mind felt like he had reached the point of no return. Um, And it's in this moment, you know, the Lord is so merciful and so gracious that he allows our experiences, he allows our mistakes to soften our hearts and, and give us the opportunity to choose to go back towards the Lord. And that's exactly what happened in this story. He gets to a point of such brokenness that he has two choices. He can either choose to go further and deeper in, in his brokenness, or he can choose to see the heart of the Father. He can choose to seek the face of God. And I believe that the point of reconciliation for the prodigal son actually happened when he was in that in that pig pen, in that pig yard. 
and and he began to to talk to himself and and began to repent in his mind of of what he had done and recognized his sin, recognized his greed and his arrogance and how recklessly he was living. Mm. Um, He was suffering very real consequences of his choices, which is a real thing that that needs to be taught, that we will suffer real consequences for our choices. Um, Just because we are Christians doesn't mean that we get to make bad choices and not suffer. Um, You know, he was convicted in in his spirit, and, and that led him into repentance. And so he's speaking, you know, kind of to himself, but to the Lord, and, and recognizes his sin, and, and he starts speaking out, you know, starts re- uh, rehearsing what he's going to say to his father, and and is basically hoping that, his, you know, his father's going to forgive him, and um, he gets, he gets, he decides to go home, and he decides to, to, uh, to go over what he rehearsed in his mind, his apology, his repentance to his father, and, and this, this guy is thinking, I could at least be a servant at my father's house. So he, he recognizes his sin, and he's like, I've really messed up. I am mm-hmm. hoping that I could just at least be a servant, right? Mm, yes. So he, 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 goes, he goes to the father, and, um, and, and, and the Lord is waiting for him. Or, uh, sorry, that, well, yeah, it's the Lord, but his father um, is waiting for him, which is right. symbolic of the Lord waiting for us to return to him. That's right. And, and he's been watching, and that's what's beautiful about this story, is the father had been watching. If you get the idea, he had been watching for his son, because he sees him when he's far off. Yes. And, and, and he sees his son in the horizon. Right. Well, that's how God sees us. That's how our Father sees us. He's waiting. He is. He wants to partner with us. He wants to do life with us. He is waiting for us to turn towards Him when we mess up. And so, uh, the Father runs to the Son. There's a beautiful song by uh, Phillips Craig and Dean, I believe, or maybe it's Aaron Jeffrey. Um, and and it's He came running. The Father came running to the Son, embraces Him. The Son tells Him. Look, I'm sorry. I I messed up. Please forgive me. And I kind of feel like he almost couldn't even get those words out. <laughs> and his father was telling him, "You're forgiven. Yes, it's yes. all. We're not even going to look at that anymore. You're home. You are back. I love you. You know." And and they celebrate. And that's all the father does with us. You know, when we mess up. And and here's look. Here's the reality. Sin separates us from the father. It does. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, when we sin, it separates us from the Father. What I'm not saying is that when you sin, you're automatically deemed to hell. That's not what I'm saying. Right. What I'm saying That's right. Is there is a barrier in our relationship. That's there is right. a breakdown in our relationship between us and the Father when we sin. That's and right. So, and know, I think he, the good uh, thing is, it, I think the good yeah, thing it, is, the good thing is to realize that no matter how far you have fallen. You can always reach up and the father is there. He's waiting. Absolutely. And that's why this, this story of the prodigal son and his father is so, it's so rich because even with our own, you know, in a natural, even with our own children, they may fall short. We may have to address those issues. But that, but the love never stops. 
Absolutely. And the hope and the hope is that they will get it what? They will get it right. That's right. And, you know, and another issue that we can see through this amazing story is so often the root of our separation from the Father, the root of the beginning of sin is pride and arrogance. Pride and arrogance are really at the root of so many problems. Pride is at the root of greed. Mm -hmm. How? Well, pride says, I deserve this. I'm owed this. I need more of this. That's, That's prideful. You know what I'm saying? Pride says, I deserve my inheritance now. It's all about me. I'm more important than my brother, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's pride is at the root of so much. And, and it's not a coincidence that pride is also what was behind Satan and, and the cause of his fall. Yes. And, and so it's no wonder that when we sin, so often pride is at the root of that, and that separates us from the Father. It, you can't walk with the Lord and also partner with Satan. And when we're exhibiting pridefulness and arrogance, we're, we're partnering with the kingdom of darkness. We're, we're trying to walk with the kingdom of darkness as opposed to the kingdom of light. And it is absolutely impossible to walk with both kingdoms at the same time. You just can't do it. That's right. That's right. Choose Choose the side that you want to be on and then walk it. <laughs> That's right. And, yes. And and so another example that you had in your book is um Saul's conversion. And mm. we often say from from Saul he went to Paul. And I think this is a really really good story the way that um you laid it out. And it also, what I was thinking about when I was looking at it earlier was that just because a person is intelligent doesn't mean they're necessarily walking in the ways of the Lord. Just because a person can quote the Bible doesn't necessarily mean they're walking in the ways of the Lord. So there has to be a relationship with the Father that is designed and developed, not just knowing stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, where, you know, intelligence and knowledge, what does that connect with, pride? Yes. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's exactly where Saul was at. He was very prideful. He was an extremely prideful man before, before the Lord had his way with him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, 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 yeah. And, and it was, su- it was such story. a, it was such a massive scenario of what happened to him on that Damascus road that, you know, sometimes I, and I know for me, it's like, I see, I hear the story. I see the story. I believe the story, but wow, this is, this is deep. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it, it's also a humbling story because you, you begin to realize it is possible what you're believing may not be right. Mm. You know, because Saul believed, he, he believed in what he believed. He had faith in what he believed. He knew it to be right. You know what I'm saying? And, but it wasn't until, and, and there were times where I, I believe that the Lord had been softening his heart. Yes. But it, it seems like maybe he refused to see it. And so sometimes, he will take more radical action as he did with Saul 
And and here's the thing: this is a, it's just more confirmation that Saul must have been a very. This is just my own thought. This is not written in scripture. Clearly. Right, right. But my own thought is that he really had an issue with pride because look at what the Lord did. Look how the Lord brought him down. Yeah. In front of his men, in front of his men, he strikes them with blindness with his bright light. He the Lord speaking to him, but his men can't hear it. I mean, he must have looked straight up like a fool on that ground. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so here's this man, this really intelligent, high-class, sophisticated, well-educated man, looking like a madman on the ground, you know? And so (laughs) I really believe that the Lord, he's going to do whatever it takes to knock down those barriers and those walls to bring us to him. And I believe that's what happened on the Damascus Road is, is because Saul chose not to humble himself. Mm, come Lord, on. The yeah. Lord humbled him. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a really great example for us to be mindful that we don't get prideful that we never feel like we know it all, that we feel like we have all the answers and that everybody's got to align with us, you know? And I, that's one of my prayers is, Lord, keep, help me to stay humble. Help me to stay focused and postured on you. And I'm, and even though I said, Lord, I know I'll never be prideful. And the Lord was like, it can happen. But if you stay in me, you won't have to worry about that. <laughs> open and receptive to receive what we, what the Lord says to us, then we can look at ourselves clearly and say, "Mm, yeah, I need to work on that. That is not, that is, that, that is not that I was telling a friend yesterday, uh, something happened. And I said, first thing I said was devil, you a liar. And then I I got convicted. Like, no, that is the devil is not a liar. Um, now, you know, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right. That's why this situation exists. (laughs) Let's let's not put everything on the devil. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I, I love I love how you you keep reminding us in your book and in all of the examples that you give um, 
it's it's a talk of reconciliation. It's reminding us consistently in every story that Jesus already paid it all for us. We're already free in him. He's already done it for us, but he still has an expectation from us as we daily align in him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, our God, he he is a God of relationship. He is not a dictator. He's not an authoritarian. Uh, He desires relationship. And if, what kind of God would that be if he just controlled, you know, if there was no free will, what what kind of God would that be? And what kind of love would that be from us to him if it was mandated, if it was, you know what I'm saying, if it was forced? That's, that's not love. That's actually manipulation and almost pimping, if you will. Um, but, but that's not love. Mm. And, and, and so, yeah, he, um, he, he desires to partner with us. He, yes, he paid it all. He, he, he made the sacrifice. He gave his life on the cross. But there is much required of us to participate in that relationship. Amen. I want you to, we have a few more minutes left, but I want you to, um, to speak on the topic of forgiveness, not being an option for us that, that, that we have to forgive people. Absolutely. Um, you know, there are scriptures throughout the book. Uh, there's a chapter, in fact, um, forgiveness, not an option. And, um, and it's just not, I'm, I'm looking in the book right now, let me find one of the, um, scriptures and I'm just going to read it. Um, Matthew 6, 14 through 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. That's really clear. I mean, there's no cloudiness. There's no muck or mire. It's it's very clear. But what do you say to the person who says, but you said his blood paid it all? Yes, it did. But again, much is required on our part. But it's a free gift. Yes, it is a free gift. But it comes at a cost. Yeah, I think okay, some. Well, now you're speaking double-mindedly. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, I think sometimes people. If, if, if I give you a gift, if, if I give you a gift, I wrap a present and I give you a gift, and you take it and you sit it on your table, and that's all you do with it. Mm-hmm. You you you've received a free gift, but have you have you done anything with it? No. So how effective is that gift going to be for you if you're not using it and you're not doing your part with it? It's not going to be very effective, is it? That's right. It's That's kind right. Of like our pastor, uh, one of our pastors, um, uh, he put it like this. Somebody gives you free tickets to a cruise. You accept those tickets. They're in your hand. Okay. Well, if you don't get on the ship, you're not benefiting. You're not, there's nothing taking place. You have the free tickets, but you're not, do, you're not doing anything with them. Well, what if you get on the ship and you just go in the room and you stay in the room? Okay, well, at least you're on the ship, but you're like not really going anywhere with it. You're not benefiting from it. You're not taking in the fullness of that entire gift. 
you know, there's there's buffets, there's there's swimming, there's there's all kinds of things going on on that ship that you could be participating in. But if you don't use it, if you don't put it into use and do with it what's expected of you to do with it, then there's, you know, the benefit's going to be smaller. Amen. And I think one of the, that's a, you know, that forgiveness is something that you just got to do it. I was just speaking to someone and they were talking about a situation and I was like, why don't you just be the bigger person? And they were like, but they, I said, no, 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 no. Why don't you just be the bigger person and choose and choose to forgive and choose to move on and choose to share a kind word? Why don't you be the bigger person? Well, and here's the thing. It, it comes back again to pride. That's what the, that's what the person said. understand the heart of the father. When, yep. when we are offended by something that someone says or does, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. I'm hurt that you did this or you said that and it bothers. Okay, stop. What is the heart of the father? Let's look at the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to condemn her and throw stro- throw stones at her. Okay, well Jesus wasn't offended by her sin, right? Jesus was concerned with her heart condition. Jesus was concerned with her salvation. He wasn't concerned that she offended him by sinning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we're going to truly mirror the Lord Jesus Christ, if we are going to truly walk in a manner worthy of the calling, if we're going to truly be a Christian. Well, then we begin to understand the heart of the Father that when so-and-so says this, and it could be received as hurtful, instead of being offended by it, which is pride, mm-hmm. now I'm stepping further away from the Lord, and then I choose to not forgive them, well, now I'm not going to be forgiven of, you know, some of my powers that works. I don't know if it's some sins, all sins, whatever it may be, but now I, what's happening is... If I choose to not forgive that person, I am putting my I'm putting myself in the position of judge. I'm not judge. There's only one judge. Mm-hmm. I'm called to forgive. I'm called to love. I'm called to see their heart condition and to try to because the Lord He has He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? Well, that means that my purpose is to try to bring others into reconciliation with the Lord with myself and with others. So when I'm in a position where somebody has possibly, could possibly offend me or hurt me, instead of walking in pride, partnering with Satan, instead of being separated from the Lord and my unforgiveness, I choose to see their heart condition. There's a reason behind their actions. There's something that's going on with them that has caused them to behave this way. Yes. And what I want to do is I want to show them the love and the heart of the Father. And I want to try, my goal is to try to bring them into reconciliation with the Lord, first and foremost. Amen. That, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's clear or not. But. Yeah, no, 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 no. That That's that's good. That's good. Well, we are like right at the end of our time together. So I would like for you to share a final overall thought with the listeners and I also want you to share with the listeners how they can follow you um, how they can get your book if you're on um, Instagram or something like that Twitter let them know as well okay 
Okay. So this may seem a little bit different, but here here's what I want right now. Uh, besides everybody who reads this book, I want you to know that it doesn't matter what your sin is or how big is it, how big it is. The blood of Jesus paid for it. Receive it and and move into the into reconciliation with the Father. Be reconciled to Him now. Don't delay. But the other thing that I just really feel is on my heart right now um, is is reconciliation as a nation. Um, there is so much bickering, so much division and dissension and hatred that has been brewing for decades now. And I, my heart right now in this moment is I just pray that through this book that it will just minister to people's hearts in such a way that we can begin to seek reconciliation with one another as a nation and that we can be unified and celebrate one another, um, celebrate our differences, celebrate our similarities, celebrate one another, um, and just really begin to love and honor one another. Um, and, and so that's, that's, what's on my heart right now at this particular moment. Um, Amen. You can, I am on Facebook under author Anne Lindholm. I'm also under on Instagram and LinkedIn under the same name. And you can also go to uh, author and you can see future new releases um, and other books coming up. And there's also, links to the social media through there as well. And I'm hoping and thinking that one day I may uh, open up some type of a group study um, on the book Love to Reconcile, and that would probably be done through Facebook. So Sounds great. I'll be looking forward to that book study, that book study that you're going to do. Sure will. So again, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life. <laughs> and sharing with us on today. And we will be interviewing again because I know this is not your only book. And um, I think we have some more things to talk about in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure, Dr. West. I just very humbled and honored. So thank you. Thank you. As we close, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe on your favorite platform so you will receive notifications for this show. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join the mailing list at drannettwestministries.org. And while there, check out what's going on in our world. Also, purchase a copy of Dr. West's newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, Spirit on Dr. Annette West Ministries.org and Amazon. Don't forget to follow Dr. West on social media. Mm.